Good morning. As we begin, I want to ask Sawyer to come on up. Come on up, Sawyer. All right, so Sawyer was baptized a few months ago. Is that right? It was in June. And uh, come on up, and I've been trying to get him up here. So finally, finally, this is the moment. You can, you can give me five. Don't leave me hanging. Thank you. Okay, so this is great. You know, Kirby, Misty, the, your, your awesome parents. So where were you whenever this happened? Were you at camp? Camp? Okay. So I just wanted to bring you up because I have something to give you. I'm going to give you a Bible, okay, because that's what I like to do. You can go and take it down and look at it if you want. It even has your name in it. Um, so, you know, this is what I want to tell you is that what you did was great. That was good, you know, and I know your parents are so excited and they're, oh, I'm going to forward this. And they're, they were there, the ones that baptized you and it, it happened um, because you talked to them about it and you wanted to make this happen. Is that right? Well, I want you to know that I want you to look out. Okay, everyone, people in the balcony, people in the back, people in the front, this is your church family. Okay, it has been for a while. But now it's a whole different type of family because you are now in the body of Christ. And so what that means is you you don't really get a membership card. You know, it's not like that. But what you get is now you have the Holy Spirit who's going to be helping you in every part of your life. So if you have any questions, if you ever get discouraged, right, or, you know, any time you just have questions about what it means to live like Jesus, look out. These are the people you can talk to first, okay? Now, not all of them are real nice, okay? But that's okay. (laughs) Because sometimes we're not nice either, right? But the thing is, is that we love each and every one of these people because they are now our church family. And they're your your family too. So I'm going to pray for you in just a second. But what I want you to do is I I want you to know that what you did was you let everybody know what you believed. So I want you to know you have faith. I want you to exercise it, work it out, read this. This will help you. And if you have questions, ask your parents. But your your faith's kind of like a muscle, okay? The more you use it, the bigger it's going to get. And God will take you only as far as you let him. So let him, you know, live it out. Live it at home, everywhere, okay? I'm going to pray for you. Good? God, thank you so much for Sawyer and for his bold faith that he is willing to give his life to you, Lord, at such a young age. I pray that you would just pour your spirit on him right now. Let your Holy Spirit move through him, through his actions, through his words, through the things that he does, through his interactions with his parents and his family at a school. Lord, I pray that you would flow through this this young man, that you would help him to become a man of God. Lord, speak boldly through him and help us to learn a few things from what he has done. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, take this back to your folks, okay? Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Let's give him a hand. Thank you. You know, that's a, that's, that's a big moment. Thank you for that. You know, if you and I do that, we flex our faith, we start trusting Him with the possible and with the impossible more and more, then I believe with all my heart that one day trusting God will be as natural as breathing. I know for some of you it's a little bit more natural than for others. But that's what we're talking about this whole month is faith. We're talking about 
faith. If you weren't able to be here last week, you may wonder what these jugs are all about. Um, so what we did last week was we did a little ex- uh, illustration, and we said that how many ever hours we have in a year equaled one ounce. So one hour equals one ounce. And what you see here represented in these 23 jugs, gallon jugs, is roughly around 29 44, 2,944 ounces. Uh, that's hours represented in our life that we have influence over those people that are in our family, in our sphere of influence, and those people that are around us each and every day. And that's roughly the average amount of how many hours of influence we have on others. Church was represented in a half a gallon. So our point last week was don't put all your eggs in the church basket. Don't think that this is the only place where your faith is going to grow because you have a whole lot of other time in the year that you should be exercising and growing your faith. If you did not see our um, sermon last week, go ahead and go online to our Facebook page, YouTube. We're starting to stream now and you can watch that on your own. We talked about this idea of faith that, that you know, how are we going to get our faith, how are we going to communicate that to the world? How are we going to share that with others? How are people going to learn how to be faithful people? And one thing we talked about specifically was how faith cannot necessarily be, be taught as if it were an academic exercise. It's not like learning math or learning, you know, algebra or, or English even. Faith is something different altogether. You know, it cannot be taught, it has to be caught. We have to live in such a way that our faith becomes contagious. So my question that I asked last week is, how contagious is our faith? Are people going to catch our faith because of what we do and how we live? How does Scripture recommend us passing along our faith? We're going to read this together. Let's all stand together. Let's read Deuteronomy 6. This is a passage that has been read for centuries and centuries. We're going to read it together. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them, children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. This is an ongoing conversation. And I would I would venture to say this is really the conversation of our lives, isn't it? We can have we've had a lot of conversations in our life. But I really believe this one is the conversation most important conversation. This passage is not just telling us to have Jesus be, or God be part of the conversation. He's, he's telling us to have God as the conversation. He's not just telling us to talk about, talk about. He's saying that the things of God, His ways should be in our heart, in the very core of our being. But my question this week has been this. Is it? Really? Are the things of God really in our core being? So if you think about our heart, this very happy diagram, 
who has a very healthy heart, very clear, right? Our heart is that thing inside of us that pumps blood to the rest of our body. It is the muscle that moves us. It is in control in many ways. And when we exercise, our mind may not be happy, but our heart is. When we eat right, when we care for ourselves, our chances for a healthy heart are much better. And our minds may not realize it, but our heart is getting constant attention from our bodies. Now this passage is telling us that the things of God should be in that place that gets our constant attention. The place that keeps us going. So does God have our constant attention? If not, then why not? I'm telling you, I'm asking myself these questions this week. Somebody asked me, how was the week? I said, it's been kind of tough. Does God have our constant attention? And do we really believe what we claim to believe? What exactly is this faith that we hope to be living out? Because that's what we're going to talk about the next three weeks. How to live out your faith at home, at work, and at life. And I think it's important we spend today asking ourselves, what is this faith exactly that we're going to be sharing and living out? What is it that we really believe? Probably one of the most famous passages of Scripture. I'm going to read it again. It's one of my favorites. But I think it's the most basic and simplistic, simplistic, simple and um, illustration or definition about what faith really is okay it's hebrews 11 1 we all know this we could probably quote it from memory but i'm going to say it again now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see this is what the ancients were commended for so i'm going to be asking this question all the for the next several minutes do you believe do you have confidence and hope. The ancients did. In fact, the rest of this whole chapter talks about people who had extreme confidence in a promise. Things that they didn't necessarily see the result of, but they still believed. When they had little to no proof at all. They were confident. They were hopeful. They were certain. How confident and hopeful are we in the truth we claim to believe. And how does that belief that we claim affect our each and every day? Whenever we say, God be with you, do we believe it? When we say, God will forgive you, do we believe that? When we hear the stories of God, no matter how fantastic they may seem, do we believe it's true? I had the opportunity to realize just how much I believed in what I was saying. I don't know if I've told the story before. But I think you will really understand how much you believe something when you tell it to a 51-year-old Ph.D. physicist who is an atheist from China. It's very specific, very specific. That's when you'll understand. 
I was I had lunch with a with with a guy. He said, "You need to meet my coworker. He is a he's he's from China. He was born in China and he didn't really hear the name of Jesus till he was older and now he's an atheist, but he's asking questions. Let's go." <laughs> okay. So this is a man who grew up in a cave, a literal cave in China. He was in the middle of a cultural revolution, and they were Buddhists, and whenever the, the rain didn't fall, after the whole village had prayed and done their incense and their sacrifices, whatever they do, after all that, it did not rain, and he says as a community, they trashed their Buddha statues onto the, I don't know if they really had a curb, but it would have gone to the curb, if they'd have had one. And as a community, they all decided they were not going to believe in anything supernatural. He did not hear the name of God or the name of Jesus until he was 19 year old at a college in, in England somewhere. Oxford, I think, is where it was. This is an educated person. He got his PhD and now he's working at some oil refinery in Houston. And I'm sitting across from him and he says, so tell me the story. So I did. I said, okay, well, let's start with Jesus. Jesus' mother was named Mary. She was about, you know, maybe 14 to 17, who knows? But she was a virgin, and an angel came to her and told her she was going to have a baby. He says, an angel? I said, yeah, an angel. You start realizing, wow, this, when, when you speak it to Christians, it sounds so easy. When you speak it to someone who's never really heard this before, you realize how fantastic it all sounds. And so I told him the story. And I see him, his eyebrows raising. Huh. And I'm asking myself, as I'm speaking, I don't know how I'm doing this, I'm talking and I'm thinking. And, and, and I'm thinking, how, how it, this, is he gonna even going to, is he buying this? You had those questions before when you're talking to someone who's really skeptical and you tell them what you believe and you're asking, are they, are they getting this? Are they going to believe me? They th- they're looking at me like I'm crazy. But we had a great conversation. Now, he didn't just immediately say, I believe, you know, it wasn't one of those. But you know what? I realized as I'm telling him the story, I believe this. I don't care how crazy and fantastic it sounds. I believe this happened. And I tell him, this is the story. This is what happened. I know it sounds crazy, but I believe it with every fiber of my being. I told him about salvation, about the forgiveness of sin, how you can start over through Jesus Christ. I don't know where he is right now. I was actually doing a search for him this week, trying to think, what is his name even? I can't even remember his name. And I wonder what that conversation did for him. Because I know what it did for me. What is it you believe? And how confident are you in that? Because belief and faith, they're not the same thing. Belief is the beginning of an investment. But still, belief alone costs us little to nothing. Because beliefs can oftentimes be held to ourself. We can believe something and never actually have to say it. For example, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say some statements here to you in just a moment. And you'll either believe it or you won't. All right? You don't have to, you don't have to yell out or anything. I don't want you to embarrass yourself. Are you ready? Okay. Number one, we went to the moon. Okay. All right, you don't have to answer, 
but I know you're either thinking, you're either thinking, I believe it, of course, of course we did. You're either thinking it's a conspiracy, uh, you know, and everybody's duped, or you're thinking still, I'm not really sure. I've never been there, so I can't concretely say we've been to the moon. Number two, forwarding chain emails or chain Facebook posts and telling others to do the same will increase my chance for either more money, better luck, thankful friends, or a bigger house in heaven. Uh-huh. Thank you. See, he just shared his belief with me. Number three, aliens exist. Ooh, that's a little bit closer to home. I will tell you that however you answer these three questions will determine how people see you. That third question specifically, (laughs) depending on what geographic part of the country you're in, you know, they'll look at you in a particular way. You know, every one of you have a mindset and a belief about some of those questions that I asked. And the belief could stay with you and, you would, and no one would ever know it. And it's a silly example, I know, but, but belief by itself can be very hands-off. Hardly any investment at all. We can leave today and not one person will know what you believe about those three questions I just asked. Faith is what happens whenever the belief you carry becomes a certainty in your mind. When you have chosen to believe whether there's proof or not. And this type of belief causes causes you to change the way you speak, the way you respond, because you're certain Your belief now becomes a part of the foundation of your life. Listen to Hebrews 11.1 in the message translation. It's a free translation. It's a little bit more. Don't really use this for church, but I thought this was interesting. Um, It says the fundamental fact of his existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors, set them above the crowd. You know, those early ancestors believed, but they didn't just live with unspoken belief. Their faith became the very foundation of their life. It changed the way people saw them. It influenced their choices, and sometimes it changed the very direction of their life because they were certain, they were hopeful. What's the foundation of our life? Their faith in the promises of God was their foundation. Now, all of us have faith in something. Some of us have a complete and total faith in our portfolio. Depending on the day. Some people have a complete and total faith in our government when it's going the way we want it to. Some people have complete and total faith in our military, in ourselves. Some even have complete and total faith that every wild claim, every exaggerated photo, and every inflammatory Facebook post that we happen to agree with or that makes us angry is absolutely true, without question. So we'll just share it. Click, share, boom. We don't care about the consequences because we have faith that some Baptist church somewhere in the northern part of Maine hates Islam. 
Or that some Islamic center somewhere on the West Coast hates America. We have all these pictures that we just see and we blindly believe it. True, true, I believe, I have faith. And we just share it and forward it away. Where is your faith? Colson read about the centurion's faith. The man who believed that Jesus would heal his servant. He believed to the point that Jesus didn't even need to come. He just needed to say the word. Now this wasn't just a spur of the moment act for this centurion. This is from a life or some significant moment when this centurion chose to believe. And if you think about um, his legacy from a couple of months ago, his legacy is that he built the synagogue for the Jewish people in the town of Capernaum. He built that. He says that in Luke. And the, it's still standing. The synagogue is still standing. Do you know what kind of ridicule this centurion would get for first being a man of faith in a God that is the God of Hebrews who says this is the one and only God? They were a multi God culture. And for a Roman centurion to say, no, I don't believe that. I believe in God. Wow. We don't have any documentation about what happened to this person. But I will bet you a lot. I'm not a betting person. That's a sin, right? I will tell you his relationships changed because of what he did and the faith he had. What kind of risk did he take on when he did what he did, when he invested in those people and their God? This man, his faith came through an ongoing relationship of God where God was at the core of his being. It's what moved him. He didn't even bat an eye when Jesus said, you want me to come heal him? He says, nope, you don't have to come, just say the word. Confidence, certainty, assurance, and hope. What is it you believe? And are you willing to sacrifice everything for this belief? It is a very Christ-like thing to sacrifice for your belief. That's faith. Faith is belief with a backbone. Faith is a belief that could, could cost you everything. Of course, if that belief is never confessed never lived out, if that belief doesn't change the way you live and work and talk, then do you really believe it? I'm asking myself these questions each and every day this week. Because unconfessed belief is not faith. It may not even be belief. Unconfessed belief is a little less, in my opinion, than an opinion. Do we have faith or do we just have an opinion? We know what the centurion was faithful about, what he was certain about, where he put his hope. We know what the people in Hebrews 11, where they put their hope. It was in the promises of God. Where is our belief? Where is our hope and our certainty? And this is something only you can address. I cannot address this. I can walk alongside of you. Our elders can walk alongside of you. But only you can choose where you're going to put your hope. Only you can choose where your confidence and certainty is going to lie. And you can confess. You, only you can confess that hope and certainty. 
And believe it or not, you're already showing the world, your people, your family, the sphere of influence, what you believe. You may not be speaking it, but you're living testament to what you believe and what you trust. And your faith in whatever it is that you do really believe, is it contagious? I think, I think our faith is contagious. That's the nature of it. Because someone's going to see what you believe, and if they identify with you and respect you and love you and like you, they're going to want to believe and do what you do the model of the rabbi and his students they followed him and they patterned their life after their rabbi because they wanted to believe and be like him i think faith is very similar what are people catching from you from me what are the, when people spend time with with you what do they see when people talk with you watch you listen to you whenever people see your online activity whenever people see your facebook posts Read your social media. Are you confessing? What are we encouraging others to believe? Because I don't think clicking share on a Facebook post is actually sharing our faith. But people are catching something from the things we say and what we do. I believe there is one God. And He is a creator of all. I believe that He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I believe he's walked alongside humanity since the very beginning and that we are his greatest love. All of us, regardless of race and gender, nationality, I believe Jesus lived for us, he died for us, and he rose again because he loved us so much that love brought him back. He could not be with us because he loves us so much. He has got to be with us. And I believe that love is the key to life. Love, not this feel-good, temporary, right-here kind of love. I'm talking about this difficult, persistent, doesn't-make-sense kind of love. I'm talking about the love that does not condemn or ridicule or join the world in berating others for their beliefs. I believe in this kind of love that reaches out to those people who have a different opinion than we do, to reach out to those people who may agree or may not agree with us, or those people who hate us or revile us, whether it's in person or on Facebook. This kind of love does not add to the ever-increasing horrible things that are being said in our culture. This kind of love protects. It seeks out justice. It seeks to understand and to listen. It tries to help the oppressed. Even though you may not understand, it seeks to understand and to reach out and to love. I believe Jesus showed us through his life, through his death, through his resurrection, that this, this is the only way to heaven, through Jesus Christ and the love he has come to show us. And I believe forgiveness is ours, that the Holy Spirit of God is active, that it is present and available to all of us who choose to believe it. Do you believe it? It says, I'm getting excited here. I may go another 20 minutes. I believe the Holy Spirit is always with us. If we're doing well, if we're in the middle of a temptation, God's going to give us a way out. God will rescue you. I believe it. God will save those in your circle if they just ask. I believe it. And you know what? I believe that if you just say something 
about God to your friends. Just express the love you have for the, for, for the God who has saved you. If you just let God be the conversation in your circle of influence, no matter how old you are, how young you are, God will do something with that. And you may not know it now, but in 10, 15, 20 years, maybe before the throne of God, you may realize just what that one utterance did for a human soul. I believe it. I believe anytime you speak the word of God, it will never fall empty. I believe that God has something in store for us. I believe the moment we as a church thought we've done enough, we've done pretty good, is the moment we start to die. I believe that our church has barely scratched the surface on what God has for us. And I believe that he wants to change this culture, this community, through each and every one of you. I believe it. And I believe right now that wherever you are, if you're struggling, if you have sin, if you just need to get it off your chest, God will take it. And he will help you if you let him. Because just like I told Sawyer, he will take you only as far as you will let him. He is not pushy. His Spirit will do amazing things through you. You don't have to have a lot of faith, folks. He said His faith is small as a mustard seed. Jesus kind of lowered the bar for us. That's good, right? He's saying, have just a little bit of faith. Just a little bit. And you can do anything. I believe it. I believe it for each and every one of you. So the question is today, what do we believe? And how certain of it are we really? Today could change your life if you choose to answer that question. But it's not necessarily going to be easy. It's been a rough week for me too, thinking through this. But I believe that I'm not alone. Because no matter how hard I try, God's already done the hard work for me. So let Him handle this through the Holy Spirit. Let's start there and see what God can do. Let's stand together and let's sing.